Welcome back to the 24 podcast, the unofficial podcast for Fox's award-winning show 24. My name is Josh, your host, and today my co-host is Joel Wood. How you doing, Joel? I'm doing all right, Josh. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Excited for what's happening with 24. And so this week we are talking about episode 11 of Live Another Day. And so definitely a lot of great things there. And so um, today, of course, we, we have you. And so the schedule just didn't work out for me and Mark getting together. And so uh, we reached out to you. And it's actually been a while since you've been on the podcast. And this is actually the first time that you and I are able to be able to do the podcast episode together. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's it's, it's been about three months, you know, with the podcast being live and everything, you know, schedules didn't quite work out, but I'm, I'm glad to finally be on the podcast with someone that, you know, can carry their own weight because my bat's been hurting for the six months I had to carry Mark. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure, I'm hey, sure we'll get some comments about that. <laughs> oh yeah. Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right. So, um, so let's start with, with what did you think about the episode? I thought it I thought it was probably the most intense episode of the season and it's really starting to set up the home stretch of the finale and you kind of get you kind of get the sense from episode 11 that somebody is not going to make it somebody yeah. somebody, somebody is not going to make it to the end yeah, I, I would agree with that. It seems like um, with this one that each episode just seems to get more and more intense as they uh, as they go through. And so, so yeah, because um, I, I remember the, the one previous, I thought that was pretty intense um, mm-hmm. with Chain coming in and killing Adrian and all that kind of stuff. And and so, so yeah, uh, I, I just thought it was just uh, crazy just how intense that things have gotten and so I, I mean it's just uh everything just going all at once and so you got um got the chinese on one side which we find out that they are actually working with the russians or at least with um uh mr uh stovinich or stolnovich I, i'm not sure about the pronunciation i think that's close yeah and so it's close, but I don't think that's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Russian. I'm sorry. Um, I I could just go with um, Mark's description of uh, the the guy with the squirrel face. Um, but anyway, but yeah. So so I mean, they, we're we're finding out that they're actually working together, and so Jack kind of made that assumption with the Russians attacking. But whenever they did the attack, it wasn't revealed that the Russians and Chang were actually working together. Um, so I thought, thought it was kind of interesting that, uh, that, that was, uh, brought out. I didn't think there was any connection, but apparently there, there is. And so, uh, so yeah, that, that was very interesting revelation. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think it's interesting to point out that China is not working with the Russians. Chang is working with the Russians because Chang turned, Chang said that China turned his back on him. Mm-hmm. For not, for not, I guess backing him, not supporting him, and locking him up. So, the main thing is Chang is working with the Russians to start a war between the U.S. and China. Right. And it wasn't revealed until, and I, I, I love the conversation between Jack and Mark. You know, when everything was revealed about, um, Mark giving the Russians the comlink. And Jack finally revealing, finally finding out that Mark was the one that set him up. And the conversation when when Mark mentioned um stole the the bald Russian guy, That's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> the bald Russian guy, when he mentioned the bald Russian guy, mm-hmm. and he said deputy foreign minister, <laughs> and. Jack's Jackson, I'll never forget it. He said his cover is that of deputy foreign minister. He's a 
covert intelligent operator, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> If, yep. you, if the U.S. goes to war with China, who do you think benefits? And you could just see the look on Mark's face. Like, everything started to come clear for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like he, finally started, he, he finally started to understand why they wanted Jack so bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely love that. And so Jack walking in and uh, and just saying, Mr. President, I need to see you and, and Mr. Pedro in your office. Yeah, yeah just, and you could see, and you could see the look on Mark's face when he said that, and that Mark, Mark knew that Jack found out. <laughs> yeah, and Mark's like, oh, "Can I go somewhere else? I don't. <laughs> I'll go anywhere except there." Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't. I don't think Mark wanted to go into that room. <laughs> no, that's probably the last thing that he wanted. And so, and I didn't think it was going to be quite as um, intense, but I mean, obviously things are under pressure and things are fast paced, and so just immediately with the gun pulled and all that. And then, uh, <laughs> and then his res- initial response, I'm sorry. It's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I think that's going to make up for all of this. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, but, but, but I, I love the way that Mark owned up to it. I mean, he was very reluctant, but then when he was asked to basically go into a, basically a suicide mission, um, he, he, he willingly, went with it and and he he did actually pretty good i think for being able to go in there of course i guess he's uh pretty good at lying and deceiving and so uh so he so he did a pretty good job trying to uh, put up that front when he was uh approaching uh stovenich and and his men and so being able to do that and so i was actually kind of surprised that as they got there that they weren't able to find the um the devices that were on him and so they must not have been able to be picked up by the metal detector or something yeah that's that's what that's what i was wondering i was i was like the the devices that he gave mark weren't exactly you know easily hidden so when he's scanning them with the metal detector i'm thinking okay these these must be plastic or something because it's not coming it's not coming through yeah, must but, must be. But 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 I do like Mark spent the first ten episodes, you know, being sneaky and conniving and trying to squirm his way out of certain situations. But I think but I think Mark did a lot in episode eleven to kind of redeem himself from earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. When he when he spent the when he spent the majority of the season um, trying to set Jack up. And I think part of that is because he knows once Audrey finds out, she's never going to forgive him for it. So I think part of that was probably because he was trying to redeem himself for Audrey, mm-hmm. even though he know, even though he knows that she's never going to forgive him for it. Cause, right. cause, she, cause you know, once his, once his, once her father left, he pr- he probably tried to call Audrey, even though even though Audrey by this time Audrey was probably close to where she was supposed to meet her contact at. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure Audrey doesn't know yet. But if Audrey makes it out alive next week, I'm pretty sure she's gonna be kind of upset with Mark <laughs> for what he did. And I think and I think Mark and I think Mark kind of realized that. That not, yeah, only, not only not only did he let down the president, but he also let down Audrey. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and so, um, yeah, so so that, that this might be his uh, kind of all or nothing kind of move. I mean, of course, he didn't really have much of a choice, but um, but his cooperation, yeah, I mean, basically all or nothing. It's like it's like, hey, I'm I'm going down in flames. I might as well at least see if I can get a little bit of water sprinkled on before. <laughs> It's too bad. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Uh, and thinking about Audrey, um, obviously there was the whole conflict that happened after the um, U.S. sub had attacked the Chinese vessel uh, ship, and and so then there was the call with the Chinese president and all that kind of stuff. And um, the Chinese president didn't seem to want to negotiate for very long. 
um, and started to uh, launch an attack pretty quick against the U.S. And Heller, um, obviously trying to keep things peaceful, uh, that that wasn't going very well. He's like, hey, if we can get Chang, let, let's just see if we can produce him, and that'll be your proof that we did not initiate this attack. It was not from us. And and so, of course, when that fell through, then Audrey stepped forward and said, hey, I have a contact um, at the Chinese embassy. And so, um, and so she went to contact her, and... I, I'm not sure why exactly they chose a public park in the middle of the night to be able to meet. Didn't seem like the wisest place to be able to meet for them. <laughs> um, but they did nonetheless. And so, um, and that's when we find out that apparently Chang had some kind of tabs, um, tabs on them. Cause uh, Chang's men took out, all of the security around Audrey and killed the um, Chinese contact, um, which I don't even remember her name, but, but yeah. And then, uh, so, so I'm, I'm kind of wondering a bit, uh, what's your opinion as far as how Chang was able to have tabs like that? I'm pre- I'm pretty sure that I found it kind of interesting that, you know, Chang was able to take out, the contact as well as like three secret service agents within like five seconds. But I think, I think Chang, when he found out that Bauer was still in the picture, when he found out that Jack was still in the picture, he probably knew the one way to get to Jack would be through Audrey. Yeah, so I'm true. pretty sure that's, so I'm pretty sure that's when he started keeping tabs on Audrey and, and, I'm, I think, even though, don't quote me on this, but I'm thinking there might be a leak with inside the White House. Yeah, there very I, well could be. Because, um, I mean, let, let, let's face it, it's 24. There's always a leak inside the White House. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's 20, it wouldn't be 24 without a leak inside the White House. So there might be a leak inside the White House, or it might just be that Chang was having the White uh, the not the White House, but um, their residents monitored. Mm-hmm. You know, he could have easily had the residents monitored, and as soon as Audrey left, then he could have had them tailed. Yeah, true. Because I, I think that Chang knows, Chang and, Chang and Jack have history, and Chang's already tortured Jack and Audrey. Mm-hmm. So he know, knows that the one way to get to Jack would be through Audrey. Yeah, very true. Very true. So, yeah, because he probably figures if there's someone that can stop him, it would probably be Jack. And maybe there's just the the past differences where Chang wants to get back at him. Because I mean, obviously, it was Jet that captured Chang. Um, was that season seven, six, Eight? six? Mm-hmm. Yeah, season six. And so it was him that captured him back then, um, which then obviously led to him getting ousted by his country and all that kind of stuff. And so, and so maybe payback for, for, uh, for what he did with that part. And so, and I guess that's probably why, I mean, seeing the court, uh, the connection between Chang and the Russians that I guess Chang was probably, or maybe the Russians were, I guess they both had a, um, a deal to settle with Jack. And so I guess it just kind of worked out for them to try to get him. Yeah, the 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 Russians probably had an issue with with Jack, and Chang had his own issues with Jack. So Chang, I wouldn't be surprised if Chang volunteered himself to kind of kill two birds with one stone, start the war between U.S. and China, and get his revenge on Jack at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of the the deal between Chang and and Russia, because if because it's like Jack said, if the U.S. goes to war with China, Russia benefits. So yeah, it does. Jack, Jack, Jack being killed in the line of duty is just all the better for both Russia and China. 
because it's like the bald Russian guy said, Russia will never forget what Jet did four years ago. Mm-hmm. So, and and I thought it was interesting earlier in the season when the bald Russian guy was talking to Mark, saying that, you know, his friend was Nikolai Novaknovich, I think that's what his name was, um, who was one of the Russians that Jack killed four years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it's kind of personal for him too. So needless needless to say, Jack is not Jack does not have too many allies at this point. Yep, they're definitely diminishing. <laughs> so I th- I think I think, and I just and I just want to say that I'm really starting to Kate is really starting to grow on me. Mm-hmm. Kate is really, she's really starting to grow into someone that I think could possibly lead this series when Kiefer bats away. Because the last, the last couple of episodes, the last one and this one, she's really started to shine a little bit as far as, you know, being in a, a semi-lead role. Because we all know Jack's the lead. Mm-hmm. But she... She's be, she's starting to hold her own as far as a partner. She kind she kind of reminds me of Renee a little bit, but yeah. she's but she's starting to hold her own as far as you know being an equal to Jack. And right. I think and, and 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 I think that she's gonna have a probably a major part in the finale. Um, cause you could, cause you could see the looks that she was giving Jack, like when Jack was talking to Audrey and when Jack was talking to Mark, you could see the looks that she was giving, like she was starting to piece things together, um, about the, the triangle, I guess, between Jack, Mark and Audrey. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't, cause I don't know. I know she was tracking Jack, but I don't know exactly how much she was told about Jack's history with Audrey and um, China and everything like that. I don't know how much of that she already knew. So I think she was starting to piece things together on her own as Jack was talking to Mark and Audrey. Yeah, very true. I kind of I I noticed the, the looks that she was giving Jack as he was talking to Mark and Audrey that she was kind of trying to piece things together in her head of what was going on. While at the same time trying to find the device, mm-hmm. so I think I think she's starting to, like earlier in the season when she was strictly you know gung ho trying to capture Jack and redeem her career and everything like that. I think as the season wore on, and especially in episode eleven, I think she's starting to understand Jack a bit more. You know, the Jack mm-hmm. Jack's not. That's not this terrorist that went on a revenge spree four years ago and is an enemy of the state. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and you were making the comparison of her and Renee. Um, I I think the the big difference between her and Renee is that Renee had uh, too much hesitation in in what she was doing, um, especially um, season seven renee had a lot of hesitation in the different things that she was doing and she kind of went along with jack's plan but she was very hesitant um in season eight she kind of had this attitude of i don't really care my world has ended uh but then kate um even though her world has kind of ended i mean her husband was framed and committed suicide and she was being um being transferred and all that kind of stuff i mean she's still had her mind she still had her um her ability to be able to think and be able to uh move quickly and and all that and then uh i mean yeah she was she was just uh sharp and not real hesitant um so it seems as far as when something had to get done she just did it and so um i i think it works really well um or at least they're positioning her really well to be able to take jack's position like that and then um also kind of the parallel between um her and Jack back in season one, um, as far as how they, um, kind of got their start. Yeah. You could tell in episode one that 
Kate wasn't re- that Kate wasn't really gonna show the same hesitance that Renee showed. Mm-hmm. Like from 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 the very first episode when Kate basically unarmed the security guard and tasered him and dragged him away. That that was a very Jack esque move. <laughs> I mean that's that's something that you would see Jack do. And that's why I I drew the comparison in episode one that she was as close to Jack as you could get. Um, and I think Renee from from season eight, she, she was more she was more of like on a suicide mission the entire season. Right. She was she wasn't really concerned with. She just wanted to basically see her life end. Whereas whereas Kate is trying to piece her life back together, and this is her shot. This is her chance to piece back to piece back together what Navarro basically took from her. Right. Because when Navarro framed her husband, he basically took her life away. And she's trying to now piece piece together what what was lost when her husband committed suicide. And I think this is her shot. And I think and I think that was I commend 24 for you know, telling the story of Jack and what happened four years ago and how it leads into today, but also being able to effectively tell Kate's story and give her story some meaning and some background so we can relate to the Kate Morgan character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do I do wanna say one thing. Um Chang I don't know if you noticed, I don't know if it was makeup or whatever, but you remember in season six when he was taken into custody and when he was brought back to the CTU, how his, the, his face was all bloodied and everything. And you notice in in season nine, when he came up, you could see you, you could see the little burn marks on the side of his face. So I thought I, I thought that was good for twenty four to kind of, you know, cut because he was burned in in season six when he was captured. Hmm. Um, okay. And, and I thought and I thought that was interesting to, because when they did the close up when he was looking at the surveillance footage and you could see the little burn marks on the side of his face. And I thought that was one of the little things that that twenty four did to kind of help with the continuity issues. So I thought I thought that was a, a a good job for 24 to kind of you know do little things to to let you know that you know they remember what happened to Chang in season six. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't even uh didn't even pick up on that part. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, nice. I'm, I'm worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Now, um, Heller. Um. The the interesting thing I thought that happened um obviously i mean the interaction with the uh, chinese president which you talked about in the confrontation with um mark um but the other thing i think was noticeable or notable um is when he was reaching uh reaching in to get his pills and as he was opening the bottle he, he ended up spilling them and so I, I don't know if that was kind of part of um, his his um, Alzheimer's, or or if that was just something that happened and it just kind of drew attention because he's having to take these pills, um, and then apparently the the rest of the people didn't didn't understand what it was for. But I almost wonder about the uh, the one guy. I don't even know his name, um, but uh, I I don't know what uh, if maybe he knew what the pills were for and that's why he told every all the others just kind of stay away because they got it or i don't know what do you think yeah i think um i think his name is ron i want to say ron um but i think he i think there's only a select few people inside the white house that know you know mark audrey and i think he's one of them and i think he basically told them you know we're good because he didn't want them to get a close-up look on the bottle. Because, you know, the bottle is going to have what the medication's for. 
Right. So I don't think he wanted them to get a close enough look at the bottle to be able to tell what the medication was for. And right. Okay. I th- part of me feels sorry for Run because throughout the entire season, you know, Mark's been telling him some top secret stuff and say, keep it between us. And um, Heller, when he was sacrificing himself, keep it between us. When he got the information about Margot, he said, keep it between us. So Ron's keeping a lot of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Ron's been asked to keep a lot of secrets this season. And, you know, if I, if I was Ron, I'd be, I, I, would, I would be kind of upset. Because <laughs> I'll be, be like, well, who am I supposed to talk to? Because everybody's, tell- <laughs> everybody's telling me to keep these secrets. Who am I supposed to talk to? Yeah. And, but I think Ron, I think Ron was kind of leery, especially, you know, with the military. He didn't want them to really see what was on that bottle. Mm-hmm. Because once once you see what's on that bottle and you see what the medication is for, they're going to start doubting every decision that Heller makes from then on out. Right. And considering they were on the brink of war with China, um, that is not really the time for you to be second-guessing the president of the United States. Yeah, exactly. And I did find his name, yeah, Ron Clark. Okay. Ron, Ron, Ron Clark. I knew, it was, I knew it was Ron or Rob or something like that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you, you did mention before we started recording that you watched it uh, three times. I only watched it once, and so... Um... <laughs> Yeah, I got, I got I got to watch it three times so I can remember stuff. Otherwise, I'll forget it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Oh, now Chloe, Chloe. I mean, obviously she was captured by Chang, but then she made a pretty good, or I guess kind of good getaway. I mean, she was a able to um get it to where she didn't get recaptured, at least. And so uh, we know that she's alive. I wasn't sure at first if maybe they were. That this is that's how they're going to kill her off, which I think it would be a terrible way to do it. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah. So I mean, she she rolled down, broke out of the, or what was that that she grabbed? Um, it looked to be some sort of a pipe, I think. Yeah. And so and then did some pretty good damage with it, and then uh, <laughs> and so I mean, she she definitely learned from Jack. Um, did some damage, was able to break out the back, jump out, and roll down the hill. Um, obviously kind of knocked her out for a little while, which actually probably was good. Um, because if she would have been awake, um, and tried to move, uh, they probably would have caught her, um, a little bit easier. Whereas, um, whereas the way she was, she just was just laying there, um, still. And they, and obviously with all the black, um, that she was wearing it, she would blend in pretty well with the, dark forest around her yeah I, I, so. I, was, I was about to say she was wearing this long black trench coat and the black clothes and everything like that so she did a pretty good job of blending in but yeah. you know up up until this season you know chloe's been you know she was a nerdy computer tech who didn't like guns and i think i think the the aggressive side of chloe this season has been has been interesting to watch Cause she's Definitely not, has. she's not the, the, she's still a nerdy computer tech, but she's not the, the innocent, you know, nonviolent computer tech anymore. Mm-hmm. Like she, like she, sw- she swung that pipe. Like she knew what she was doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it wasn't a, a thing of, you know, what do I do with this now? You know, she swung it like she knew what she was doing and she basically took out Chang's entire army with that pipe. Before mm-hmm. she jumped out of the van, so I thought I thought that I thought that was interesting that you know she she swung the pipe like she knew what she was doing, and for her to jump out of a moving van like that, it, it shows the more aggressive side of of Chloe this season. Yeah, it definitely does. Like she she was she was, you think you think about Chloe, the revelation about Morrison Prescott. Um, actually being an accident and not being some kind of a conspiracy had, like Adrian had, had planned it. Um, finding out about Adrian and his true intentions. She was pretty upset. I think she was, I think she was pretty much at her breaking point. 
So I think I think the swinging of that pipe and taking out Chain's army was just kind of a her taking out all of her anger and frustration from this entire day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just out on Chain's army. Yeah. Um kind of looking at some of the uh interaction on Twitter. We've had a lot of stuff um here come out um as he recording this Wednesday morning. So just in the last day and a half, had a lot of stuff um, that, at least with our Twitter account, at the 24 podcast. And so um, a lot of things have gone on there. And so if you have not joined us in the conversations there, we definitely appreciate that. Um, And so a lot of uh, discussions and a lot of um, arguments even. And so, um, and all the arguments seem to center around Joel. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 a lightning rod. What can I say? There you go. Yeah, you, you like jumping in and and giving your little two cents. <laughs> yeah. And so, I, so a lot I'm a, a lot I'm between a rod controversy. Yeah, uh, it seems to be a lot between you and um, Jack Zola and Cody. Um, and so we we get a lot of interaction with them. Um. Me and Cody don't agree on too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You both love twenty four, but you got uh, very different opinions, and so, yeah. especially when it comes to Tony. And yeah, so, especially when it comes to Tony, like we we don't agree on too much, but Tony's kind of the big the big part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of our own predictions here. Um, then you had something else that you wanted to make sure to mention. And then, uh, and then we'll wrap it up. But uh, on here uh, from Dawn, uh, which is at Delta Blue Rose on Twitter, um, she she wrote to um, us and uh, the Twenty Four Fox. Um, this is you have to bring Jack back for another full season. This is just a tease, and I I would have to agree. And so, um, I mean, it's definitely nice being able to have Twenty Four back. How it is. Um, but but yeah, just kind of um, there's someone else I can't remember. I'll probably get to it as I'm going through here. But someone else mentioned that um, it, it's just wetting your appetite for wanting more. And so um, even though they, they, they might be trying to wrap things up and uh, just getting a lot of people ready to have some more. And then. Um, let's see. Um, and then, and then you you made um, a prediction, which um, I've seen several people uh, mention. I think is probably going to happen. Also, um, is that Audrey's going to die in the season finale? And so, you still still holding to that, Joel? Yeah, um, I think they're making it too obvious that Heller's going to be the one to die. Um, which I think. Storyline wise, I think Heller's probably the best person to die because he really has no purpose in future if they do do another season because he's got Alzheimer's, so he's giving up his presidency. Um, he really has no place left in the show, so he would be the right person to make that sacrifice. However, I think they're making it too obvious that he's going to be the one to go, so I think it might end up being Audrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, who who ends up making the ultimate sacrifice um to help Jack which would kind of it would kind of make it kind of somber because of the fact that you know Audrey got at, got away from Chain once only for Chain to come back and kill her so it would kind of be anticlimactic a little bit but somebody whether it's Heller, Audrey, Jack, Chloe or Kate one of those five is not going to make it. And I think we can rule Kate out because of the potential of another 24 with Kate as the lead. Mm-hmm. So I think we can cancel her out. Um, Chloe, Chloe has kind of escaped death a couple of times already this season. So yeah. I don't think she's going to be the one to bite the bullet. And we know they're not going to kill Jack. Like, I wouldn't put it past them to kill Jack, but I don't think Fox is ready for the bombard of 
hate mail that they will yeah. receive <laughs> if they kill Jack Bauer. Yeah, that um, would uh yeah, that would be be a lot. Yeah, I don't I don't think I don't think they're ready for the amount of hate mail that they will receive. Um so that pretty much leaves Heller, Audrey, and I guess you could throw Mark in there too cuz Mark wants to redeem himself and what better way to redeem yourself than making the ultimate sacrifice for your country? Right. Um so I would I wouldn't put it past Mark to be in there, but I was watching the promo for the finale next week and one of the shots has Jack with his gun kind of broken down like he's about to cry. Um, and I like he had just received some news and he was about to break down. And I don't think he would do that if Mark was dead. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm so that's why I'm pretty pretty sure narrowing it down to Heller or Audrey. Yeah, and they um, did show um a casket with an American flag over it. Um so whoever dies, I mean of course we could have multiple people die. Um, but whoever it is would be getting an honor, um, some kind of honorary uh ceremony um, and that, that, that takes that's place. What, that's what makes me think it might be the president. Right. Because so if you remember when Palmer was assassinated and they had his funeral the next day, his flag had a his coffin had a flag draped across it too. Yeah, of course they do that with soldiers too. So I mean, they they could consider Jack a soldier if they do decide to kill Jack off. Yeah. Um, uh, they, I, I don't know if they would do that for Mark. Um, even though he was, um, very close to the president. So I I don't yeah. know if they would do that for him. I mean they they may, um, I mean they've done this before to where they kind of kept it secret as far as what he did, just not to tarnish the um, tarnish the presidency or, or anything like that. And so to kind of cover up, I mean, now that he's dead, there's no payment to, to be made. Um, yeah. Kind of like they did with Walt Cummings um, kind of made him out as a hero, but I don't, I don't know if they would go as far as to have a ceremonious um, walk with a coffin. Um so so yeah, I, I think as far as that, I think you would be down to Heller, Audrey, and possibly Jack um, in that coffin. Yeah, but but and the 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 one thing that, um, and of course it could be twenty four could be faking us out because they could be showing the coffin, thinking that somebody's gonna die, when in reality it's just one of the soldiers that died earlier in the season, <clears throat> and that true. drone attack. Very so, true. They they could be showing us that to kind of fake us out to make us think somebody's not going to make it out alive. Oh, they never do that. <laughs> no, of course, of course not. Twenty four has never you know faked us out before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think um, and I watched the promo for next week's finale, and Jack was telling Chloe, "It's time for you to go home." And when he said that, <clears throat> it was in the daytime. Hmm. And the coffin that was being wheeled out was during the day. Right. And so so unless Jack got snipered as he was talking to Chloe, I I'm I'm pretty sure it's not going to be Jack. Um unless the because they showed the coffin before they showed Jack talking. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to go based off of the promo that I've seen. And if that's the case, it would be kind of it would be kind of hard because when Jack's telling Chloe it's time for you to go home, he's talking like the threat is over. Yeah. When he says it's time for you to go and, home, he's talking like the threat has already been neutralized. Right. So that's what that's what makes me think it might not be Jack. Yeah, and you mentioning the um the fact that uh those couple clips uh took place during the day. Yeah, so it makes me wonder what's going to happen with the timeline in this next one, because it's going to be covering 11 hours. Um, and so I wasn't exactly sure how they were going to do that, but seeing the fact that, I mean, I'm assuming that it would take place, it would start where it left off um, because that seems to be too much of a cliffhanger to jump in time. Um, but seeing the clips from the daytime, 
So I don't know if like half the episode's gonna like the first half is gonna take up right where it left off and then it's gonna jump to the daytime. So maybe there's some kind of resolution that happens in the first half and then the last half is kind of just wrapping up. So I, I don't know. I'm kinda curious how they're gonna play that. I'm 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 thinking that probably Chang is gonna be killed during during the nighttime. And I think the time jump is going to be when the the casket is flown back to the U.S. Because a, 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 fly, a flight from London to the U.S. is like nine or ten hours, I think. Okay. If I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken. So I think the time jump may be when the coffin is flown back to the U.S. And But it's kind of, it, it, the confusing part to me is why would Chloe in the U.S. because Chloe Jack got a pardon but Chloe's still a fugitive mm-hmm. so that, well, that kind of makes me wonder, that kind of makes me wonder what the comment was when Jack said it's time for you to go home well maybe she gets a pardon then too for that, for her assisting in in this resolution yeah you would you would think that and if that's the case that will probably signal the president making it and Audrey mm-hmm. not um, because I don't think the vice president would have time to even assess the situation long enough to give Chloe a pardon mm-hmm. um, because he would be dealing with the death of the president. So right. that kind of makes me, that kind of makes me also think that Audrey might be the one to take it. Yeah. Um, but I think the time jump, I don't think there's going to be anything significant happen during the time jump. I think the time jump is just going to be, the the coffin the casket being flown back to the U.S. for a proper funeral, yeah, um, and Jack possibly reuniting with his family with Kim, um, so we we might see Kim make an appearance, we might not, but I, I actually kind of hope so. I hope that there's there's something like that for him, or at least yeah, a phone I, call <laughs> with her. <laughs> I, I, I I would hope so. Um, I haven't. I haven't read anything about Kim being spotted or anything like that, but you know, I'm hoping for a, a resolution, but then again, it is 24. So yeah, I, I, I'm hoping to, at least for, for like Jack to get a phone call and there and Jack and Kim are talking and Kim says, yeah, I'm here with uncle Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uncle uh, Tony. <laughs> I, my, yeah, my, my, my hope for Tony making appearance um, is, has waned quite a bit in the last couple episodes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm not casting it completely out yet, though, but it, it has definitely gone down quite a bit, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, how how interesting would it have been, you know, when in the in the last ep- not the last episode, but the episode before when Shane made his appearance walking through the double doors? What what would you have done had it been Tony walking through those double doors instead of Chain? I would have been. Uh, excited <laughs> I, mean, I mean even though i'd rather him not be a bad guy but i mean obviously yeah. it's not very far-fetched um yeah it would for, be very far-fetched. so for tony playing a bad guy that's wanting an override device uh, yeah. of course they already played that one before but <laughs> yeah, exactly but i think but i think but i think that there will be some sort of a cliffhanger this i mean Keefer said it himself in an interview. This is not going to be tied up, you know, neatly with a bow. Mm-hmm. So I'm pre- I'm pretty sure that there's going to be some sort of a cliffhanger um, that will set up future seasons if they choose to go that route. It'll yep. be it'll be it'll be closed in the fact that Jack will take care of all the business that he needs to take care of. But it's not going to be. He's not just going to go home and you know drink coffee and watch reruns of The View all day. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure that something's going to happen that is going to leave it open for future seasons. Yeah, I hope so. Um, uh, Two more tweets here uh, to mention. And then, Joel, you wanted to uh, mention a certain thing there, actually, that refers to or uh, relates to Tony. Um, But we have the Magical Peak Unicorn, um, which I still kind of wonder who that actually is, but but still, um, you get a lot of interaction um, on Twitter with Magical Peak Unicorn. Um, 
the the last statement that he or she made was, I don't think Jack will come back to the U.S. and Chloe will. Um, I, I think that could probably, I, I, I don't know. I could see that either, I can see that going either way. Um, and so I, I could see both. I mean, uh, we, we saw the clip there where Jack was telling Chloe to go back home. Um, so I don't know. But then again, Chloe might say, well, I don't really have a home now. Um, but I don't know. Well, I mean, oh, Jack, interesting. Jack said earlier, Jack said earlier in the season when Chloe was asking Jack, why are you doing this? Um, and Jack and Jack was like, there's no going home for me. Mm-hmm. So I think Jack pretty much knows that even though he has a pardon, Russia still wants his head. Mm-hmm. Russia, Russia don't care about a pardon. Russia still wants Jack, still wants Jack's head. So Jack knows that if he goes back to the U.S., even if he goes back to the U.S., he's still going to be a hunted man. He won't be hunted by the U.S. government anymore, but the Russian government still wants him. Right. So I, th- so I think he knows that even if he goes back to the U.S., he's still going to be a hunted man. So it might be better for him and his family if he stays on the run. Which I think may end up being the cliffhanger. Hmm. Yeah, and then um, and then a comment here from uh, the series movie um, that is one of the best episodes of the entire show, and so I I I don't yeah definitely definitely up there in the very top top five or ten episodes of this of the whole series. So yeah, very I th- good. I, th- I think you know they kind of played it safe the first half of the season but I think once I think once they killed Margot Al-Harazi they kind of ramped up the intensity Mm -hmm. the intensity was really ramped up once you know Jack killed Margot so I I think I think they're kind of going down the home stretch now so the last three episodes have been really intense yeah they have Definitely. All right. So why don't you go ahead and share the uh, little bit that you wanted to make sure to get in here. Well, as as everybody knows, we've been doing this Bring Back Tony campaign for almost a year now. And it's appearing more and more likely that he's not going to appear and live another day. So I was looking around yesterday and I came across... 24spoilers.com, which is a site that I frequent a lot. Um, and I saw I saw an update on Tony Almeida. So when the 24 DVD comes out, the DVD and the Blu-ray, when it comes out, there will be a feature on there um, discussing the fate of one Tony Almeida. And you know, every I was kind of I was kind of afraid that you know they were they were gonna kill him off in some kind of DVD extra, which would make me extremely upset. Um, but both John Kassar and David Fury have answered on Twitter uh, when people have asked where is Tony Almeida, they say in jail. So they're not saying he's dead. They're not saying you know anything like that. They're saying he's in jail. So the the feature on the 24 DVD is going to discuss Tony Almeida's fate and I guess what he's been doing in jail um, for the last, what is it, I don't know, six years now? Six, seven years? Um, what he's been doing the entire time in jail. And they said that there's been pictures that have surfaced of Tony growing his beard out which would kind of lead you to think that maybe he's going for that unshaven prison look so that he might actually be featured on the DVD. Hmm. So I think th- I thought that was quite interesting that they would devote a DVD extra to Tony Almeida. But I think it's kind of their way of acknowledging the fans' desire to have Tony back. Or, you know, my hope, is that it might actually be some sort of a prequel for season ten? But yeah, I'm, not would, my, I'm not. I'm not getting my hopes up on that. But that would be my hope. Yeah, that 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 would be nice. And so, of course, we want we want uh, there to be a season ten. 
Yes. And then uh, it, with that, we would want Tony to be involved in that. And so that would be a nice way to be able to do that. Kind of let us know that Tony, that there is going to be a season 10 and that Tony will be a part of it. Um, all kind of wrapped into one. That would be that would be good. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't it be awesome for him to do a DVD extra on Tony to talk about his time in jail and prison and whatnot? And then toward the end of the extra, you see Jack come into the picture and Jack and Jack's kind of face to face with Tony. And then the end of the extra, you know, you see Jack actually breaking Tony out of prison because he needs his help. And then the extra just cuts after that. <laughs> it just it just cuts off at Jack breaking Tony out of prison. Yeah, that would be good. All right. If that has not already been filmed, then uh, Joel, I task you to filming that for us. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. I will definitely do that. I will definitely do that. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. We definitely, again, we would love to interact with you on Twitter, and so the our official podcast. Uh, excuse me. Our official Twitter is the Twenty Four Podcast, and then um, Joel. Um, why don't you give yours real quick? My mind just went blank. <laughs> My Twitter handle is at gifted money. Yes, there we go. And then uh Mark's is at S crop two, S K R O P P two. And then um Jack Zola is at Z Zero L L A. And so those are the, the four of us that are um the the hosts of this show and so me and mark are primary ones and then joel and jack we've definitely been glad to have you guys a part of this and maybe we can even try to see if we get another uh four part uh four whatever all four of us together um next time as we discuss the wrap-up of the season yeah maybe, I think maybe, that's maybe we can try to get that next week yeah, ho- hopefully, hopefully my technical difficulties won't prevent that from happening again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Cole. All right, no problem.